This podcast is brought to you by The Content Funnel and Rethink Connect. Welcome to The Girls Club, the podcast where we talk it out because when you know better, you do better. Welcome to the Girls Club. It's Sarah Malcolm, Dahlia Strong, and Amanda Bowen. So today we have the ladies from VTS, Sky, Hi, and Katie. Hello. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. So, tell us your whole life story. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You'll name more than an hour. (laughs) What's your first memory? (laughs) Go. (laughs) (laughs) Topic straight up. I know. So yeah, so I'd love to hear about your background and if you could first start off about introducing yourself and telling us kind of who you are and what you do. Sure. Do you want to go first? Sure, since you've looked at me and offered me <laughs> up. <laughs> um, happily. So this is Sky. Um, I am originally from Kentucky, so you may or may not hear an accent. Uh, sometimes it comes on stronger, mostly when cocktails are had, but you know, it's like, what, noon, so I'm we're sorry. not there yet. Um, it's funny, I talk in an accent yeah. too when I drink, probably unrelated. Um, so yeah, I actually um, been in New York seven years now, and before that was um, working in tech in San Francisco. I actually started my career working in sports, so I worked in sports sales, worked for the 49ers, and when I, I was in San Francisco, obviously tech was like already hot but getting a lot hotter and a couple people I worked with had left and gone on to really successful startups like Facebook um, and they're like hey get out there's a whole new world like tech is amazing you're a curious person that likes to tinker this is like the perfect environment so I actually started working for a very successful company um, called Box out there that went through this like amazing run of hyper growth um, and it, I was just like so I um, moved to New York, worked for another startup, and then about three years ago found my way to BTS, Senior Director of Demand Gen there, so really focus on working with um, sales primarily uh, as well as other departments in marketing um, to help drive revenue for BTS. So um, in three years, it's been a really fun uh, and exciting ride. Um, and uh, yeah. Amazing. Can awesome. you just tell us really quickly what Demand Gen is? That's a great question um and basically it can mean anything right um, it sounds like you work at a startup even yeah, though, even yeah, though it, bts isn't a startup yeah, anymore so um so demand gen like when you really boil it down to it you know i would always say that there's kind of like two really realms of traditional marketing right you're either like the brand creative or you're like kind of like the performance revenue driving and so demand always really sits in the performance kind of revenue driving bucket although we work closely with creative. We obviously have great respect for brand, um, but really, you know, my job when you boil it down is to like create demand and interest for a product, and how that shows up in the world is revenue, pipeline, leads, that sort of thing. So again, it varies depending on the organization, um, but people that are typically in demand gen roles are a little bit of like jack of all trades. So you know, demand gen typically oversees events, email marketing, advertising, web optimization, SEM, SEO. So anything that can help drive clicks, acquisition, activating, influencing pipeline. Um, that's me. That's my team. Jack of all trades. 
Jack of all trades. Amazing. Jacqueline. Jacqueline of all trades. Who knows? Jackie of all trades. Right? Thank you. Cool. So that's a highlight to follow. This is Katie Higgins. I run our content and public relations at BTS. My background, it's an accent day, it seems like. I'm also from the South, but a little bit further South. Um, (laughs) From Australia, originally from Sydney. I started my career in public relations at an agency in Sydney working with um, corporate uh, enterprise type clients. A lot of investment banks, um, real estate companies, and the like. About three years after I first started, I had always had this desire to move to New York, and so I basically bought a ticket, <laughs> gathered my savings, and to my parents, like shock horror, <laughs> like just came over here without a job, uh, which most Australians do. It's really hard, but you know it tends to work out, which is great. It did work out for you. It definitely yeah. worked out for me. <laughs> seven years later, um, I, you know, it was the hardest three months of my life, kind of hustling. I'm not. I would say a particularly extroverted person. So it was like walking into networking events, like literally my like worst nightmare. And I would go stand at doors <laughs> before I walked into like these environments where I knew no one and be like, <sighs> and be like, hi, I'm Katie. How are you going? Nice to meet you. And like try and get as many business cards as I had because I was literally on the clock and ended up. That was me. I, I feel your pain. Oh, it's terrifying. So that sounds so stressful, yeah, but it yeah. had to make this work. Yeah. I mean, I ended up, getting a job at JLL and I found out two days before my visa expired. Wow. <laughs> so it was the worst experience. But, I mean, you really figure out what you're made of. And it also it just, like, warmed my heart, all the people that I'd never met before, all the Americans that I met who, like, these random people stepped up and, like, you know, very much helped me, my roommate's parents, uh, all these people that I just would never have expected, like, owed me nothing, like, got nothing out of it, and they all just got help me. In incredible ways so like always thankful for that this is such a good story I know. yeah it was um it was really fun and you know like you, you you kind of surprise yourself it's really nice to know that at the end of the day like I was by myself I was alone and I made it work and so now any situation that kind of comes up I feel like it gives me a little bit of pause I'm like Katie you've been through worse than this like you can figure yeah you out. have the confidence too yeah, to um, yeah. But when you're in that room in the very beginning I remember because I like ran this company and I needed somebody to come with me because mm-hmm. I didn't feel confident enough to go by myself and eventually you realize that you stop talking to other people because you're only talking to the person that you go with and you have yeah. to go by yourself like yeah. you have to push yourself to yeah. talk to people and you have to you realize like you can't you have to ask people for things so when I needed people to make introductions or, you know, email their contacts, it was just, or even just like meet me for coffee. It wasn't like, you know, when's good for you? It's like, you know, they're like, we can meet. I'm like, great. Can you do it in half an hour? I'm around the corner. Like, let's grab a coffee. Let's, you know. You're like, just look to your left. I'm right here. Hey. It's like, really always available. Success or I like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, look who I am now. <laughs> um, no, I like to point out, though. Well, <laughs> <another> story. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but anyway, so it worked out. Landed at JLL. I had two and a half years there. It was incredible. Um, I'd gone from a really small agency to a like global 50,000 person firm. Ironically, it was my brother who was at JLL in Sydney who got me in contact there. And my father's also like ex-JLW from back in the day. So whole family is in property. My brother's still an investment sales broker in Vietnam. Of all places wow. now. So yeah. theoretically, you didn't really need to network, but... Yeah, <laughs> I know. Right, like, exactly. Um, Katie's like, I'm going to take the hard route. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> see how much pain I can put myself through. 
Anyway, so it was at JLL and I actually was aware of View the Space, which is what BTS was known as at the time, because I crossed over with one of our co-founders, Ryan Massiello, just as he was leaving BTS, sorry, leaving JLL to go and start BTS with Nick Romito um, and Carl Baum. And so I kind of always knew of it in the background and they, you know, they were like a small client of JLL's for a long time. So we always kind of knew of them in that um, regard as a small startup that was kind of, you know, like doing some cool things, but that, and it was, you know, new of them then. And then I made my foray into tech initially through a company called Reonomy, which is where I, where I met Sarah. Yeah, that's where we first yeah. met at Reonomy. Exactly. I like um, that name. Yeah, it's yeah. a really cool name. Um, and Shout out to Richard. Uh, shout out to Richard Sarkis. Uh, and then after that role, made my way to BTS. And as Sky said, it's kind of been a crazy ride. We started at very similar times. So I've been at BTS for almost three years now. Uh, I've been in New York for seven. Wow. Yeah, and it's like we started at VTS, no two days are the same. Uh, my role there, as I said, is I manage our content and public relations team. And so we, I work really closely with our demand team to basically understand, you know, the key pain points that our clients have and make sure that we're creating content that really educates them. Tech's a very, well, prop tech especially, CRE tech is a very new um, technology for the real estate industry. There's a lot of landlord clients out there who don't necessarily understand or they're looking for information about how they can incorporate technology into their businesses. They've been making a lot of money for many years doing things, you know, in more of an offline or um, less digital way, which is, I mean, why would you change? They've been making billions of dollars, literally. But now the industry is obviously going through a bit of a revolution. It's institutionalizing. There's obviously a lot of VC money in tech, in prop tech in particular, CRE tech in particular. And so, you know, landlords are playing, you know, they're transforming their businesses as we speak. And so a lot of my role is helping them with that process by delivering content to them, showing them how they can do it differently in a really practical way. Um, and then on the public relations side, again, it's you know making sure the market is aware of, of what BTS is and our offering and you know really getting um, thought leadership out there from our CEO, Nick Romito. Again, all aimed at education and really helping people understand why now is the way to change, is the time to change their operations um, and how, you know, how they can do that in a less kind of painful way through BTS and other technology companies that are out there. Interesting. Yeah. So I should mention we are recording in Prop Tech Place, which is Metaprop's co-working space for all of the newest and coolest technology. VTS has been around for a long time now, so they're, mm-hmm. where you guys, your office is? We are at, um, just on Bryant Park. Yeah, and the yeah. office is pretty amazing, right? It's yeah, great. it's great. Um, we have uh, it's it's so funny because um, like working in commercial real estate, like you actually like learn all the like the dynamics and like things behind like actually building out the space. Right. And we were just with two of uh, two people actually in an event last night um, that used to be at an equity office. Now Rockefeller, who actually like built and marketed this space, so they were like, "Oh, yeah. how are you liking it?" So it's funny how things come full circle. But yeah, we have two floors. Um, on basis like 40th and Broadway, yeah, um, 32,000 square feet. Yeah, two beautiful floors. So, so just a little bit of space. Just a little <laughs> bit of space. Um, yeah, the first year I was here, we actually had one floor. Um, the second year I was at BTS, we had two. So, if you really think about how fast we're growing, I think it's really reflective. You yeah. know. Yeah, and we just densified too. So we went. Um, our people team did an amazing office kind of redesign where we went from four desks in kind of a row and a. Um, like a, a departmental pod, um, and now we're at five, which, wow. and they're standing desks too, which is really nice that the company's invested in those for us. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny I, we thought we'd have less space, but it's actually, 
worked out okay. Right. <laughs> I remember when I was there, it was really cool because I saw the themed rooms, you know. Yeah. And it was all based on... Well, so we have yeah. Nick and Ryan, our founders, our um, like major surf geeks. I'm sure there's actually like a real term for people who love surfing. Surfers? 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 I don't know. I'm surfers. just throwing that idea yeah. out They actually <laughs> met as sh- like as children um, at a surf competition or yeah. camp or something. I still did yeah. not expect you to say that at all. Yeah. And it's so random. That's yeah. why I thought it would be interesting. Yeah, it so. makes a, prof- a former professional surfer. So it was kind of... Sounds like they uh, grew up in a rough neighborhood. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> they're from New Jersey. Jersey Strong. So... I think they, uh, yeah, so that's how they kind of connected. And so all Do of they know Snooki were... by any chance? No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did hear a story about, um, yeah, I think there was a lot of, like, hair blowouts back in the day. Um, I do have some, like, blackmail-y type photos. Amazing. So, uh, keep those in my back pocket. Oh, my but, goodness. Um, I, it's always yeah. important when you're working yeah, at a place or for we job all, security. Yeah, yeah, we all went through a special moment in high school, right? Don't say hater on the poof, all right? I rock that poof. I rock the poof in, like, rural Kentucky, girl. Like, everybody rocked the poof, okay? I did the butterfly clips, like, back in the day. I had, like, a short, like, Cameron Diaz or something about Mary, like yeah. short cut. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, totally, totally big fan. But uh, yeah, so um, all of our conference rooms at BTS, uh, one floor is named after um, really famous surf spots. So you know, you have like Maverick, Pipeline, Rincon, like just uh, really cool. We have surfboards everywhere. A lot of surf imagery. Um, and then we had went through a merger with a company called High Tower, and their founder is a big kind of like extreme sports outdoorsy type so all of those are famous mountain peaks so you oh, have wow. like uh, that's very cool Denali, Mont Blanc, yeah, um, yeah. so it, it, it's really cool and um, now we're adding some additional spaces which um, are more focused on like really amazing people in in tech and entrepreneurs so um, yeah that's amazing yeah. So all you need is like farmland right yeah <laughs> I would just want like like islands Right, that's yeah. an yeah. And my, went like heat lamps in each room. Yeah, my last my last startup. I'm just um, hop in here and get a tan, right? Yeah. <laughs> last, I mean, sure. Why not? The last company I was at, we did, um, which isn't super unique because I actually think a lot of people have these days. They're all named after like superhero layers. And so we would like book meetings in the Bat Cave, and like people would just get such a kick out of it because they're like, "Where am I supposed to meet you?" The Bat Cave. Um, so it was actually uh, your Kentucky funny. totally came out. Yeah. yeah. So oh it, I'm telling you, it comes. Yeah. Someone actually asked me if I was from Australia. There you go. I was like, well, no, actually, but I would love to be. But yeah, yeah I keep like I meet these Australians who move over. They're like, oh, you haven't lost your accent. I'm like, why would I lose it? Like, yeah. Where's it going? Yeah, yeah I'm like, you know, I talk all the time. Like, why would I suddenly like merge into an American accent? I have some same data though, as opposed to data. Oh. And they're like, what do you say? What? Yeah. Besides, uh, Americans, Americans love accents. We're like completely like romanced by anyone who speaks with like you know a fabulous foreign yes. accent. You, know, you can you get away with so much because you're like, I don't know what she said, but it was a beautiful <laughs> accent. So you guys obviously have a tech, commercial, real estate background, very male dominated. Mm-hmm. Now both of you are at VTS, and it seems like VTS hires a lot of women. Yeah. Which yeah. By the way, yeah, I mean, I think what's really interesting about BTS, I worked in sports. I was, like, basically, like, the youngest person and one of the only women. So I would say, like, sports, tech, like, 
it's kind of nothing new to me, at least being an only woman. And I think that does like drag a lot of, you know, inner motivation. Like if you want to be heard, you one first have to sit at the table and you have to be loud or you, right. You have to amplify your voice. I've never thought about it in the way that BTS hires a lot of women, but look, when you said that thinking about it, my own self is that we actually do have a lot of women in really great leadership positions. We've also been adding really phenomenal women to our executive team and not only like phenomenal women like very seasoned people and and executives and so who are powerhouses right so I think that also helps too when you see other women in leadership within an organization it's obviously easier to attract women Um, and I think women who are in leadership positions if they're if they're good, they're more likely and willing to pull other people up with them. And I actually think that that's just naturally ingrained in the culture at BTS. So I would say, yes, you're totally right. We have hired a lot of women. I would say whether intentionally or not intentionally, I think it's been like a lot of organic growth. That being said, we have heavily invested in uh, diversity and inclusion or DNI initiatives. Um, for the past two years. So we actually started bringing on a, a consultant. Her name is Jenna Boer. She's great. If anybody's looking for a culture consultant, hit us up. We will absolutely yeah. give her your name. Yeah, so we brought her on after the merger and to help kind of merge and blend these two cultures. But what came out of it was actually this like, hey, we want to become a more diverse and inclusive organization, not just because like that's the right thing to do. Well, one, it is. But two, it's like we need, as we grow this company, we can't just hear from commercial real estate people. We can't hear from the white men that, you know, absolutely have, you know, this sort of, sort of experience. We need to hear from the tech people. We need to hear from the nerdy people. We need to hear from the people that are um, like, you know, just different, culturally diverse, um, gender diversity, all of that. So we formed a diversity committee. Um, we've gotten a lot more involved over the past year and a half with different organizations, you know, things like Girls Who Code and She Codes Black and just d- different organizations that do focus on diversity. Um, we celebrate other events like Out in Tech. We have a Black History Month event actually happening tomorrow in the office where we bring in outside speakers. So I would say a lot of the growth has been organic as we've kind of expanded, you know, as a company and have become more open to new people, but we have made significant investment in it as well. And I, I think the results speak for themselves. And it also has shown up in workplace surveys that people are just happier to work in a more culturally diverse and feel more open and more part of a community. So I actually think that, you know, BTS is changing the game for what it means to be like a, an operator, right, for our technology. But I actually think we are doing a really, really great job of kind of forcing some conversation in the industry and our other partners about like commercial real estate itself needs to be disrupted culturally um, and allow for more people to be at the table. So I feel particularly proud to work at BTS for that that reason. Yeah, that sounds, that's super impressive. Yeah, so um, a lot of good things. Yeah, and I'll add to that, we have um, literally a documented strategic DNI plan that is signed off at the executive level, their executive representatives on the diversity team. But it, it is a document that shares our vision for diversity, why we do it, and then KPIs for each quarter that we then, the, the team, that working team then shares with the company and then shares progress to those goals. So I think we have a very transparent culture around like, this is what we're doing, this is why we're doing, here's how we're tracking. We may not hit 100% of to goal every time, which is, you know, in across every function, but 
here's why we didn't and like let's learn from that um, which I think at the company you know at the company level for people that aren't necessarily part of that that working group there's very much transparency throughout the organization about what we're doing from a DNI perspective so it's not limited to the people you know that, that where it's really close to their heart and I think another thing that's super important in the hiring aspect of it we're really focusing on building out and changing transforming a little bit our hiring process so that we we have company values that we hire for so again we have a values committee that is again represented or has representation across all the departments in the company and we employees we actually work with jenna to come up with those values jenna just literally conducted like 70 like 70 sessions with every employee at bts where people could put their thoughts forward for what values we want you know we think the company represents and then we literally have people a designated person on every interview panel who interviews only for the values so it's like are you customer obsessed are you committed to excellence and do you take ownership um because we we want to make sure that the people we hire are as committed to those values as we are and obviously you know the, the very best candidates that we want to attract um you know we, we really want to work with great people and, and the values interviewing i think it's quite a rare thing um, I, I've personally never been at another company that does that, but I think it's, um, I, I did my first one the other week and even the candidates were kind of like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, we're happy that you as a company, are, you know, asking me these questions and making sure, you know, because I too want to work at a company that has these values. Yeah. Um, and just last thing, Dad, it, it totally popped in my mind after um, I had uh, said my point earlier. Another way it showed up in the world is actually changing company policy. So BTS um, recently expanded its paternal leave policy for primary caregivers to mm -hmm. 16 weeks, wow. which is definitely best in class. And so, you know, as you think about a growing tech company, I've worked in for... 16 yeah. weeks just in commercial real estate is like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, my husband works in commercial real estate and, and he wouldn't be the primary caretaker. He doesn't have any paternal leave policy. There's no, there's no paternal leave policy at all. You can take your vacation. Um, yeah, 16 weeks. So not only is that, it's, it's like game changing for commercial real estate, it's best in class for a tech company, especially in New York. And so I think, look, like, you know, working for a tech company, like I always think like, you know, I was once a 23 year old working, or well, I guess it's like 25 working for a tech company. And yeah, like the, you know, I was like super excited about like the ping pong, the free food and like the keg beer. But, you know, as a mid thirties. It was really all the keg beer. It was, yeah, it was like a mid thirties woman, you know, that, and, and, and as you try to attract senior leadership who care less about, you know, their, they, they care about, they're in a new chapter in their life. Many of us are. Um, and so I think that also gives us the ability to um, support um, women who you know want to have their great career but also want to have a family so I think by offering more diverse uh, and inclusive perks Absolutely. and packages we create a more uh, friendly environment for not I think what also people forget is like diversity is age as well um, Absolutely. and so I think um, if you want to keep growing fast you need to hire and it attracts really great top you know seasoned talent so and um, that's another thing we're, we've done, um, which I think is, um, again, like makes me really proud to say like, hey, you guys like actually give a shit. Right. Um, and you're like putting your money where the mouth, where your mouth is. And um, I think that's a great point because I think in diversity, I think that is one category that gets forgotten. Yeah. Is more senior individuals and yeah. what they can actually bring <laughs> to the table is pretty amazing. Well, especially in, in tech yeah. where, you know, they're... It's like, oh, the young people know how to use the technology, so let's hire a lot of young people. Like, 
just such a like yeah. they don't know how to run a company. <laughs> no, you want people <laughs> or manage people. Yeah, it sounds and, so yeah. obvious. You want people like, that have done it before. I think there's that common saying in tech that's like, let's just fling it at the wall and see if it sticks. Which is like, yes, you need to be agile, which is such a buzzword, and nimble, and and have an experimentation kind of mindset, which I love. But also, like, you also get to a point in your career where you just want to you want to work for someone who's done it before, done it several times, knows what works, knows knows what works, knows what doesn't. So that when you're experimenting, it's like smart experimentation. You can do the lay that foundational layer. Right, like the basics. You, you should be making mistakes, well, like like how to manage, you know right? How to do that. Like yeah, yeah. that's Season like a one hundred and one playbooks. Yeah, right. right. And as <laughs> I think, like I always feel like I get better with age. Like I feel so. You know, you think you're, you're like, like fine line. You know, yes, I, you're a fine one. You're fine one. My butterfly clips. I just thought I was like you know the bee's knees. Um, <laughs> but you know, as I've gotten older with age, I'm like so much more confident. I feel so much you know better about making quick decisions. But it's because I've been there before. Yeah. Right. And I think as you get older, you 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 develop a much like broader and deeper playbook. Um, and I think and we, we all realized that butterfly clips were a mistake, but we've grown past that. <laughs> they were not a mistake at the time. I call them, them banana clips. It must have been a Florida thing. Yeah. yeah. We, I call them banana clips. Oh, the butterfly. Yes. Okay, yes. Okay, we're going real literal. Yeah. Oh, okay, literal. Okay, got it. Yes. Yes, oh, yeah, we used to braid our hair. Yes. Yes. I used to twist yeah. the front and then twist put a butterfly and put the butterfly clip. Yep. Yes. yes. And I did that too. Um, there you go. I, I, stand, I stand corrected. I thought we were talking about, um, wait, what did you say, Sarah? The um, banana, I thought we were talking about banana clips. You're what right. Butterfly clips? butterfly clips were not a mistake. I apologize, ladies. I apologize. We throw some scrunchies in Yeah, here 80s too. were the banana clips, 90s were the butterfly clips. Right. Yes, 90s were the butterfly clips. I love that. And the scrunchies are back. Yeah, we got one in a cake. Like Vendor sent us a cake package. Yeah, it's crunchy. crunchy. A velvet crunchy in it. I know. I feel That's like so I, weird. I feel like <laughs> right, they're trying I, to bring it back. I do, they're I do trying feel to bring like it I back. kind of need to go out and buy a scrunchie again. No, I, please I don't. don't. Please <laughs> don't. Wait, what's a banana clip? Banana clip. So they were those long ones, like a banana. Oh, it was a long, and then it like it oh, had like claws, and then it like pulled your hair back together like that. Oh, yeah, I still really like those. And then you kind of like had like kind of a mohawk thing kind of here, and then it would just like it would like waterfall down the back. For, I like that for yeah. the women's event. Yeah, yeah. As your friend, like, I'm gonna oh, let you know. Don't wear a banana clip. We should, we should give out banana clips and scrunchies. That's like it. Right. I, I like this idea. Let's go with this. I know. And little butterfly clips too. So, so we're talking. So, working for a place that really embraces diversity, like the one thing that I didn't realize, and you, like you said, you you were excited about the beer, the ping pong, all of that. I remember when I first had kids, I was working at ICSC, <clears throat> and then you know we were running our events, and I actually went to South by Southwest. That was my first event after That's having really. a baby, and South by Southwest had a mother's room, and it was amazing, and I was like. And and I again, don't know that I knew about. So this. South by Southwest was um, it's very male dominated yeah. Yeah. industry. Same yes. you know same idea, and I was shocked at the level of amenities they had for women awesome. who were breastfeeding. Wait, but how did you find out about it? Because I didn't find out about it. Well, because I was pumping, at the time, and so I was walking around with my pump everywhere. And I was, you know, asking, like, where can I pump? And they're like, oh, we have a mother's lounge. And so I figured it was, like, a room in, like, a dark closet. and Or just a dark closet. Right. There was, like, no furniture. (laughs) Right. Or a bathroom. And they're like, yes, right around the corner. You know, go ahead and check it out. It's new. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went, and I opened the room, and it was, like, 
it was almost like the heavens had like come from like, like, oh, yeah, like were, singing, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure there were angels singing yeah. when I walked in <laughs> Wait, and were there snacks everywhere oh, there were snacks God, everywhere nice. there was refrigerators there was couches there was electrical outlets everywhere you could plug in there were changing there, the <laughs> there were changing tables there were diapers there were wow. store milk storage bags wow, I mean there were things there were things to clean your milk with and I was like blown away and at that time I was working at ICSE and we had done a ton of events and I was like we need this at our big event recon mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know yeah. in Vegas and so I started the first Mother's Lounge. Oh, that's great. Which was so exciting because the amount of mothers that we had come in that needed somewhere to pump, that they were blown away. And what it did for the brand at the time was incredible. The loyalty that we, you know, when companies make an effort to understand a specific group and go above and beyond to make them feel comfortable Mm -hmm. in an environment that's not set up for that. Yeah. right at all I love how passionate you are about yeah. this no it's amazing yeah. that it's like it's incredible to see just the faces and the comments like it gives me chills to this day and to see that you know ongoing and I feel that from you guys like I feel like you guys really yeah there's such a great vibe coming from VTS especially with women and, and which is why we wanted to have you on and kind of talk about that because I feel like a lot of companies people business owners entrepreneurs can learn how to think that way yeah and 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 you attract that, amazing talent yeah and speaking to that i feel like you guys just happen do you, so how closely do you work together because you guys seem like a really good team and you rarely find that yeah we work very closely together yeah. um yeah we um it's funny like we i feel like sky and i've been in the trenches together yeah. <laughs> we get a lot of empathy right going yeah. to the person when you uh, work do a lot of work that's yeah really we've gone right. through we've gone through a merger together we've gone through like you know conferences accelerate which is our global user conference together it's um i think when you when you i mean i think it's pretty simple when you know that someone like puts their heart and soul into their job and when you know that you can trust them trust it's that came a, up again yeah, yeah that keeps coming up again and again for success it's all about trust trust yeah yeah it's uh so i'm actually reading uh, a book now called the culture code which is like not oh wait I brand, saw that. oh yeah so um it's kind of a collection of like studies and interesting stories and has like a narrative uh, around it i highly recommend it it's like a pretty easy read to do like a chapter here and there but trust is obviously one of those things, but what underlies trust is really this idea of safety. Like being um, like not really scared to fail, like to try new things, to feel like you're comfortable if you need help, someone will mm-hmm. help you, and that you're able to ask for it. And I actually think like we have built this like pretty safe environment for people to want show up you know, as their authentic selves, for people to like really say, hey, I'm struggling, I need help. We are just like kind enough humans to know like when we yeah. also need to like um, reach over the table and say like, hey, are you okay? Like, do you like you know? It, it we operate a little bit. I would say more as like a family yeah. uh, and a kind of a, a community. And I actually think um, it's it's like we have to work very heavily together as a team. Like actually, the nature of my job, though, I, I've done a lot of things in my career. Like my position now, I like 
just need other people to do things for me. And like, I can't get that done if I'm an asshole. Right. And so for me, how do you get other people to do things for you? Yeah. So a lot of it is like leading by influence, not authority, but you also have to have a personal relationship with somebody if you're like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I need to have a tough conversation. And Kate and I like always have like tough conversations. You know, it's like she has priorities. I have priorities. We have shared priorities. The same with our product marketing, um, kind of functional team that works, um, you know, holistically with the marketing team, um, department um so yeah you do have to create this kind of safe space to be able to have open dialogue and conversation and really i think when you work in like our stage of company with like a SaaS business is that we aren't large enough yet to be like super specialized in what we do Mm -hmm. so you therefore need everybody firing like on all cylinders in order to achieve goals um which means that there is like no one's like above like the kind of manual grunt work, like, you know, we're all doing a little bit of strategy, yeah. we're all doing a little bit of tactical stuff, mm-hmm. um, but it's kind of like we're in a boat, and, like, it's, like, we have to kind of all row forward together, mm-hmm. and I think, um, you know, we, right. yeah. So I have a question. So we live in, I feel like we live in such a paranoid world sometimes, right, where everyone's, like, you know, that safety is, like, almost impossible to actually get at a workplace. Yeah. Right? It's so hard to get there. So how how do you guys really feel that you've been able to create that culture? Because it's safety is such a hard thing to achieve, where you just feel like you can just be yourself. I It's funny. I'd like to kind of piggyback on something you were saying earlier about, like, that safety, but also, like, the, you know, having an environment where you can have tough conversations um, so I think for me personally, like confrontation and conflict and not things like I'll put up my hand and say, I'm not like, that's not my first go-to. Like I, I don't love confrontational situations, but I think, um, what I've learned very quickly is that you don't like things very quickly can get, um, miscommunicated or misunderstood by email or you can get email chains that like go crazy or very quickly with like heaps of people jumping in and then the key message gets lost. Um, so what I think I've found that I feel safe because I know that, I trust Sky and I trust other members of our team that if something's up, they will tell me in a direct way. And we actually did this whole workshop last week of like this idea of radical candor, which is like you're basically putting someone in a bad position if you're like not giving them feedback that's direct and that you're where you're actually telling them what you need them to do. Um, because if, if Sky gives me feedback or tells me something that we need to change uh, and vice versa and it doesn't and I don't understand that then I could be putting work into something that, you know, gets us off track and we don't hit our goals and then we're all screwed. So I think reframing kind of how you have like difficult conversations or how you have like how you approach conflict and making sure that you are like, I know that if we have a conversation, like we'll, we'll, we, there's not malintent from either side. It's not like you're asking me about something that as like an example, like might be late, like a late asset delivery or you're not sure where the stage of something's at she's not asking me that because she's accusing me of something and vice versa you know if, if they've said it if the sky's demand gen team has set a date that i wasn't aware of i'm i will know it's never a conversation it's like why the hell is this going on it's like hey can we chat about this i i'm not aware of xyz like can you please share some more information we'll have a conversation and i know that we'll always walk out of a conversation with more clarity but it's so important to have those conversations because if you don't, then you can, like, the boats are rowing in different directions. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and I think, yeah, we do have a really good culture of feedback. And I think if you go through any training or read any books, like, 
and, and it, radical candor is like the best type of feedback, but like for feedback to really be constructive, it has to be like consistent and actionable, mm -hmm. right? And uh, a previous CEO that I've worked for, his motto was like feedback is a gift. Um, and I was like, I kind of elaborated as like feedback is a gift, like, you know, wrap it in a nice box. It'll be, you know, more well received, but like don't do the shit sandwich. So I think, um, I, I think sometimes like, I, you know, I have to work on it. I'm, I'm, there's also this like, other there's like a quadrant of feedback and there's this other one called obnoxious aggression and like I think I like sometimes even though I don't know like I'm such a direct person it might come off as obnoxious aggression but I'm just like I don't I don't have time to like mince words like hey wh where is that you know whether be like oh what did you think about it so right. I'm like you know I'm like am I like you know actually taking that gift and like putting it inside of a bomb and like chucking right. it at somebody <laughs> like okay Sky like uh like we're not like throwing grenades here um, so I think too, like having um, a shared framework, and we do invest a lot of like oh, actually a lot of money and time into like coaching our team collectively about how we can communicate and give feedback. Mm -hmm. Gets amazing. everybody on the same page because then you can also like kind of call bullshit on somebody whenever they're like not following the process. Like I was literally there's other. It's, it's actually kind of like a, it's a feedback kind of compromise loop called the ring of fire. And it's about like, you know, you like listen to somebody and they come to you with things like, oh, great. I like, you know, you express empathy and then you like offer some solutions. And then you like try to say like, oh, can we compromise here? And then you kind of like do this ring of fire, like literally in a meeting the other day with my boss. And I was like trying to get her to compromise with me. And I was like, Amy, get in the ring of fire. Like, I'm just ring of fire right now. Where are you? And she was like, oh, I'm not in the ring of fire. Like, and so it was just funny because actually that was like a tense situation where I was trying to get her right. to see my point of view or I needed her to kind of compromise. And for me to have the tool to be able to say, like, I'm actually trying yeah. really, really hard for you to work with me here. Right. And you're not being... Right. Uh, well, what, she was still like, no. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's okay, too. But, um, I but you at least using the, the tools that you had, that your company yeah. had given you. Yeah. This is like a session that you guys have done? Like yeah. Year, we've done, right? we've done uh, a the couple of groups. They yeah. run these sessions. Like they do. They work with large companies, small companies. It? His name's James Turk, and he runs a company called the Turk Group. Um, but it's like, we call them performance summits where you kind of go away. And for us, it's like figuring out, summits, cool. yeah, figuring out, well, a really interesting exercise actually is you do a personal, like it's, it's called a disc assessment. So different personality traits, dominant. Oh, I've done that. Yeah. It's about communication yeah. style. Um, steadiness and conscientiousness. And it, it was so funny. We, to, I guess to kind of illustrate the different personality traits, he had us do this exercise at the beginning of the session, which was. Basically, like, you guys have an unlimited budget, plan a three-day trip to Vegas. And he grouped all of, like, if you were a D, the Ds are together, the Is, the Ss, and the Cs. Yeah, and so everyone went away with their, like, piece of paper and started writing. Katie, what are you? I'm, a, I'm an IS, so I'm an influential, but I'm influencer, but I'm also a steady person. Okay. Uh, what are you, Sky? I'm a D, which basically means um, I'm crazy. No, uh, yeah. She drives toward the mountain. Um, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely more of like directive um, and uh, like there's a little bit more of like dreamy, like goal, like kind of oriented um, oh, yeah, with a little bit of, uh, with a little bit of C. So it's like, I like things done fast and I like them done really well. So um, yeah, it, yeah, I'm working on softening that sometimes. So the idea being that well, it's important to have ev all all aspects exactly. in your company. Oh, that's you don't point. want a bunch of eyes, and you yeah, don't want you a bunch of right to like you know come in and be detail oriented and kind of be like, well, hold up, like we'll get you to the mountain, but like you need to like pick through the soil first or whatever, and then right. there's 
the eyes, which are more kind of people oriented, which are like, yeah. and they really want relationships. And it's kind of like, we need to get you guys all on board to be able to do this. Like Sky can get to the mountain, but then she'll be there by herself, kind of looking out, see where everyone is. And then you also need those steady people who like in moments of, of tense, anxiety ridden stress, like right. those steady people are the ones that like keep their cool and keep everyone on course yeah. and kind of bring it all, you know, down. But this exercise was hilarious. So just like to some of yeah. I know there's another term, but basically we had these like big, you know, those like large kind of paper pads and some markers. And he was like, okay, D, I, S, like C. I think we actually don't have any C's. Um, no, we have, we have three C's. Oh, um, I was thinking S. We don't have any S's. Yeah. Sorry, we don't have any S's. Wait, what's an S? Um, Steadiness. So, um, I'm a smallest. Yeah, so basically he's like, you have this, you need your leave today, you need to be back by Monday, you have an unlimited budget, plan your trip to Vegas. So like me and the team of D's, basically we like didn't even write anything. We just like drew the craziest pictures. We were like, and then we're going to go to our private plane and there's going to be like Shake Shack and massages and like live music and like <laughs> we're going to go here, like no sleeping, like nothing. And then like some, <laughs> this, um... Kathy, a woman I work with who's hilarious, does the best share impression. Save it for another podcast for you guys because <laughs> she's really good. Um, but uh, yeah, she was like, I just like, I want to buy a bunch of diamonds and just like throw them at people. We're like, let's write it down. And so basically, we like, you know, did this like crazy. Like, we were really like, we you're have just unlimited money. You had to like yeah. replace your wait, you have unlimited money and you want to throw diamonds at people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Think, like we were just like this was like if you ever have dream. if you ever have unlimited money can you just let me know <laughs> yeah. because I will be in the direction oh, of the diamonds of the diamonds, yeah. diamonds. Um, so yes. anyway so so funny and then we went over to you know Katie's team which had these are influencers they love people to come with them and she was like you know it was like a still really fun trip but all the way it was like and then we're gonna get this celebrity to come for us and we're yeah. gonna hang out with like Lady we're like Gaga. we're by the pool and we pitch a business idea to Calvin Harris and then he takes us to the club and you know we're in his private booth and then we like decide to go camel riding with and by the way at the beginning of the trip we brought all of our friends along because we have unlimited budgets so and like, we were like we don't need air rides I just care about myself and then <laughs> it was so interesting this was like because I actually have <clears throat> two women that work for me that um, are C's and their thing was like, and we're going to go to JFK. I'm like, I am not going to JFK if I don't have to. Well, it was like, it's like and, book flights. Book flights. And it was like day by day, like line by line. It was like 9 a.m. And then it was like 10 p.m. Sleep. I'm like, we're in Vegas. Yeah. I will pay something magical. The best We thought about a limo, but we're going to get a party car because like, we know we have a limited budget, but we just want to be, be cautious with it. Because no, you, it know those, you know those oxygen things in Vegas, by the way? That's yeah. how you go without sleep. They yeah, literally they pump oxygen. I know. Yes, they also have the IV drips. Yeah, yes. the IV so drips. But the oxygen is how you go without sleep. And they do it on purpose. Like, that's why they it's pump it. Cold. Yeah, so it's like I was like, experience. Oh, yeah. It was just like really funny, really funny thing because to me, I realized like sometimes I'm like, hey, here's a goal, like come back to me. And then having some disappointment whenever like two or three steps was missed. But those people that work for me actually really need some detail and direction around like what are the three things to get there and they need to understand my expectations around it. So as like a boss and a leader, I become much more aware of how I communicate um, my expectations and also how I like to, to other people's work styles as well. So I do think just, you know, investing in working together better, um, it's not ever going to hurt. And I think sometimes people... I think sometimes people will just assume that it will happen. It's like you're either a good group or you're not. And they really let go of that, like, center of control, of, like, your ability to change it. And I do think, look, like, some people are oil and water and, like, you don't have to like everybody. I totally get it. 
but I do think I don't that get that from your company at all. No, though. I mean, no, we're no, very no. lucky. I think I mean, we really I think, work. On well, yeah, I think yeah. you guys really take hiring so seriously. seriously. I mean, it <clears> seems <throat> like there's just such synergy. Even when you walk in your office, you feel that vibe. Yeah. Something that I do say that I have noticed working at BTS, having this blend of uh, commercial real estate and kind of technology, is that when you work for like a SaaS tech startup or anything like that, you know, marketing has a very specific function, but it's a strategic one, right? When you work at, um, or my observation has been a lot of marketing departments that typically work in like brokerage firms or other landlords, um, they still have strategic function, but it looks very different. So a lot of times it's like content creation or deck creation or supporting on other different types of campaigns. And so I think that was, not to say it rub, but it's like something that, you know, we've really had to work on as an organization of like, what does it mean? What does marketing mean here, right? It's not actually just like creating a deck for your pitch. You know, we engage all of your accounts. We throw these like wonderful events. We build meaningful brand touch points. We, you know, develop feedback loops. We do segmented messaging. We do press releases. Um, You know, uh, it's not like, you know, for our business, it's not like, you know, here's a 5,000 square foot space. Are you like looking to move? Do you need it? Yes, no, you know, selling, you know, software is a lot about like, what are your pain points? How do we get you there? How do we validate through peer case studies and things like that? So, um, it's, uh, it's just different. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that, um, I personally have had to invest a lot of time in kind of educating people who come from that kind of other world, but that also being said is like, I love the blending of the cultures because I get so much information from them about their kind of domain expertise and knowledge coming from commercial real estate, mm-hmm. because I don't know anything about that, right? So I think what's kind of in the special sauce of BTS is because there is that diverse, like we have like almost like two worlds combining to make something really powerful. We are like operating best in classes of the mechanics, but we also have the institutional knowledge coupled with that to say like, not only are we gonna run, you know, operationally like best in class, but we're gonna do it with like targeted segmented messaging that we know resonates with this audience um, because we know them, we were them. Yeah. So I think that's a little bit of the special sauce. How often do you do these workshops or like these team building exercises? We've kind of, as our team, we've just started doing them. So we've, we did one, um, Since a couple quarters, yeah. Yeah. Couple so quarters. I think it's also as we have a, had a, had a new CMO start last year. Our, um, CMO Amy Millard, who comes from a tech background, very tenured, like was back at Netscape. You know, she's from Silicon Valley. So I think she, you know, and it comes with experience as well. Like she's seen what makes a good t- team work well together. And she knows, you know, the types of exercises and activities teams should do to, you know, to, to come together. And I, I believe our executive team did the same training that we did with the Turk group. Um, but our, but BTS is a company also, um, like individual teams obviously do their own uh, regular kind of like however they want to invest and like yeah. educate people um, but as like a company we also do like quarterly sessions whether it be like feedback training and that goes out mm-hmm. to the whole company managers might get an additional layer of yeah. that but we are kind of trying to create that learning and educational culture so we're I would say we do them pretty frequently but we're starting to do them much more frequently yeah we'll do like unconscious bias training feedback training which goes to all employees That's amazing. And then so what's the one piece of advice you have for women in business? Mine's kind of twofold. I think it goes back to what I was kind of talking about at the beginning of the podcast, which and it'll also borrows from something our CFO said last week, which is, you know, 
really invest in building a network. Like even if like for me, as I said, I'm not, I don't think I'm the most extroverted person, but like I've not ever gotten a job through a job application. It's all been because people have helped me. It's, you know, even the work that I do every day, it's, it involves reaching out to a lot of BTS clients, um, asking them to participate, you know, from Skyside in events or in, you know, Q and A's and case studies and press opportunities. And I think the more that you can build those relationships with people, offer them value, so do something, it's, it can't be a favor, you kind of have to like, you know, put, like build a deposits in like that trust bank, so Absolutely. that then when you do have a favor to ask or want to offer them an opportunity, it's, it's not coming out of the blue. You can do your job far more effectively if you have external relationships, if you have internal relationships. Um, our boss gave me a great piece of advice recently, which was take someone in the, co- in the company out for coffee once a week, someone in a department, like if it's to learn how they do their job, what they're focused on, um, just so that you build up your expertise because you, like we work pretty cross departmentally and I have no idea what goes into building, you know, a piece of code or um, like building the UI for our our website or our app. But in some instances, like it, it, I really need to know that so that I can have empathy for them doing their job if I need them to help me with something. So for instance, if I need screenshots for a case study or something like that, I can go to them and realize that if I just click my fingers, you know, something goes into producing that work. And then having that trust and having that prior relationship built means that that person will do something for me. And it also gives me joy at work, like Absolutely. learning more about other people. I think I'm an eye, as I said, like I enjoy being with other people. And then the second piece of advice I would say, and this kind of goes hand in hand with having those relationships, is when you've built those relationships, then use them in the sense of be very clear and don't be afraid to ask for what you want. That goes for, you know, if there are opportunities in the company, you see things happening and you want to be a part of it. Like what I've learned, and, and I think it's kind of funny because I've spoken to a few interns over the years as well who were like, oh, I wish BTS would have just created more opportunities for me to do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, in your career, no one will create opportunities for you. If you want something, you have to ask for it. You can be very lucky and have managers that support you along the way and facilitate that, but no one's a mind reader. Everyone has their own shit that they're working on. And of course I'm looking out for the well-being and the futures of my employees. You have to speak up. Though. You have to speak up. And yeah. you, if there's something specific that you want, um, whether it be a raise, whether it be a promotion, whether you want to get your hands dirty in different departments within the company, um, whether you want to do something like this, you know, and, and reach out to someone that you see doing really cool content and you want to be a part of it, ask. The worst that they can say is no. Um, people, you need to, like, you can flatter people and have that request to go over um, better and get a better result for you and, and appeal to people's egos. That's helpful and it feels a bit like dodgy that I'm saying that but no it's not but I think there's a way to ask and and um but when you do ask that's the only time you'll see results and I think especially in tech you know there's a lot of industries out there my fiance works at McKinsey and they have a very structured promotional process so it's like you know that in two years you'll go from analyst to you know senior analyst engagement manager and you know what you need to do to get to each level and then that promotion is kind of discussed in a very formal way and Mm -hmm. you either get there or you don't but I think in tech, especially emerging tech, which most prop tech companies are, you don't, um, those ladders don't exist. Right, right, right. And so right. you either have to forge your own path or just ask to get there. Ask your manager for a job description. Right. Ask him or her, you know, what, what do I need to do? Do you see any gaps in me right now that I need to fill? And what does my timeline look like? And then you can say that gives you a platform to say, you know, when you get to that timeline, you can then say, well, we're here. We spoke in June and, you know, you said, 
I would get this at this time if I did X, Y, Z. I've now done that. Do you agree? Am I off track? How are we looking? And that kind of also gives your manager and, and your boss a framework to, to promote you because I think Absolutely. most managers want their employees to succeed. Yes. You know, a high-performing employee is a great reflection on you. Absolutely. Um, and so especially as women, I think you know we want to develop people. We want people to rise. But I think the, the best thing I've ever done in my life, whether it was moving to New York, whether it's like being, you know, getting additional opportunities at BTS, is just to ask for it. And yeah. then to know, have trust in the relationships that you've built, that those people know you and yep. they'll support you. That well, that's a, no, no, no. It's amazing. Well, we definitely have to wrap up, but I would like to end on what is your favorite life hack that you can share with everybody? Ooh, everyone's terrified of privacy, but I love Alexa, and like Alexa is my favorite life yeah, hack. Like, literally, I program her, and I say, we call her Joni on the show oh. because otherwise we set off everybody's. Uh, Alexis. 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 Well, Joni, um, you know, everyone, I'm like, good morning, Joni. And she's like, good morning, sunshine. She turns my light. She reads me the weather. She plays NPR for me. Um, I don't know. It's actually like the best little life hack that I've had. It all reads the, what my Sarah's schedule for the day. Sarah's so high. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, yes, yes, yeah, reach. So, um, a reach, Scott. It's a little bit, a little bit simple, but. Uh, it's not. I, Sounds fantastic. It's, it's, good morning. It's, it's, See, I didn't know you could say good morning to Alexa. Yeah, you can also say good evening. She turns off all the lights. My, kid, my kids tell her she's beautiful all the time. Yeah, Aww. she, Alexa. Well, my kids tell, my, my daughter says that she loves her but alexa unfortunately doesn't doesn't respond um but okay wow good one okay um mine it's kind of work related but i've started doing real life it goes back to what i just said about asking like i think i've cut all the bullshit out of my emails in my personal life too so every email subject now has what i need the person to do from that email so like when i email my ceo it's like for for your approval by end of day friday and Amazing. it sounds so simple, but then, and I've asked, Smart. I've asked my team to do it as well with me because I'm, I'm, and also all the vendors that we work with too. Yeah, I've given love them a, that. I wish people would yeah, do that Yeah, and I'm me. like, if you take anything from this email, it is that I need you to read this document and approve it by Friday end of day. And if you, and like, <laughs> then that means that when they sit in their inbox, they immediately, there's no like, you know, vagueness or uh, misunderstanding. Just right. And I love that piece of That's advice. That is the yeah. best advice. And if I now receive emails, it's terrible. If I now receive emails without that, I disregard. That's extreme. Oh my God. Yeah. Sarah, I know that we're supposed to wrap up, but I mean, after listening to everything, that, that VTS is doing. I do think there's a question that probably some people in our audience might be wondering, and that is, is VTS hiring? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm hiring two people right now. Yeah. If you're also a marketer or just someone um, super interested, come join our team. Um, but we are hiring across the board. Uh, we just launched a How do people, how program. would people, should they find you on LinkedIn? Like if somebody's listening and they're interested in joining VTS, like how would they, should they just approach you on LinkedIn or what's, what's your mode? Uh, the website prefer. has all of our current job cool. offerings. So um, go to vts.com. We have a career section in the footer of the website. So they're all listed there. Find us on LinkedIn. I will accept a carrier pigeon. <laughs> Anything to find wonderful people because it's actually pretty hard to do. Um, but yeah, um, careers at BTS, literally Instagram, email, anything. Yeah. Wow. Um, cool. We are looking for people with all different backgrounds for all different functional areas of the business. Um, so it is yeah. okay to stalk her window. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. <laughs> pop up, come outside. I did watch the Ted Bundy tape, so, so I'm really creeped out by anybody who's like 
relatively close was to Was that me. on Netflix? Yes. Yes, I've, it's on my list. I haven't gotten to it. Yeah. I love the creepy shows. Well, it was, it was terrible because my, my husband, he travels a lot for work. He basically showed up. Um, a day early over Valentine's Day, like surprised me. Oh, that's so I, funny. I I was like petrified, like literally couldn't move because I heard someone coming. Oh, I'm like, Ted Bundy! Ah. <laughs> and he's never surprised me. Like the you know ten years we've been together, I was like, oh, would it be great if you just like came home from your work trip early? And like the one time he did, I couldn't even respond. I was so terrified that like that's I was, hysterical. Uh, you like slugged him over the head. You attacked yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. The, I think that's the <laughs> big that's uh, big takeaway from this today right is don't don't ted bundy sky yeah, yeah. <laughs> well thank you ladies so much for coming thank you ladies such a pleasure. very wonderful this podcast is brought to you by the content funnel we'll write your blogs we'll manage your social media we'll build your brand and rethink connect an experiential marketing agency focused on marketing strategies while incorporating the customer experience and sentiment